Because you're mid and we know it. It's the Mid Podcast, your podcast for random shit, geek stuff, and wrestling. You can listen to the podcast wherever you stream your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and YouTube at the Mid Podcast. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button and leave a comment. You can also support the podcast by becoming a Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash the mid podcast and pick out a tier that fits you. You can also show your support by getting you some mid podcast gear. Go to midpodcast.com and check out our merchandise. I am one of your hosts, Catherine, here with one of my co-hosts, Brandon, who happens to be stepping away, and our special guest for tonight, Brandon. What's up, hey, Brandon? Listen, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. And listen, it's go like listen, like it's been like a crazy week of wrestling, and I can't wait to talk about it with you tonight. So let's do it. So Brandon's ready to get mid with this. Brandon has something he had to do. He'll be back in a little bit. So me and Brandon are gonna take over mm-hmm. and we're gonna get mid with AEW's latest pay-per-view, which was a joint effort with New Japan Pro Wrestling called Forbidden Door. And let's jump into it. Did you watch the buy-in? Oh, absolutely. Listen, I had to go back and watch that twice after, I, I, you know, it's like I first saw the pay-per-view because that was hot quality that made me want to watch the actual pay-per-view a second time. Tony Khan has mastered the ways of doing buy-ins and making them feel important to the point where the talent, they fight to be on that buy-in now. Like, because they know that if you're on that buy-in, you the reason why people are going to watch the actual pay-per-view. And that's exactly what they did. So shout out to all the talents that was on that buy-in because they delivered and then some. I mean, the the buy-in could have been pay-per-view quality matches. And we start off with the factories QT Marshall and Aaron Solo versus Yoshi and Goto. And one of the commentators said, in any language, everybody hates QT Marshall. <laughs> Listen, we give QT a hard time. We give QT a hard time, but I got to give him credit. He is a very good trainer. He's trained up a lot of great talents. Jake Cargill being one of those talents. So he has his his needs, but I just don't want to see him on my TV every time I turn around as a wrestler. Like, I mean, mm -mm. he's the kind that you like to pick on. Yes. So, and he he's actually pretty decent in the ring too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that does help. So, I thought the match was very good. Anytime the factory loses, I'm always happy. I don't know why. I'm just not a factory girl. Here's my problem with the factory. I don't have a problem with Nick Camarado. I don't have a problem with Anthony Agogo, but they just need to get away from QT Marshall. If now, I do away from him, Anthony Gogo. If they were away from him, I could take them more seriously as a tag team or solo, but as long as they're with QT, they're going to be the laughing stop because nobody should for QT like that. Maybe that's their gimmick, though. I'm not, I don't know. And then you have Aaron Solo, which, listen, no disrespect to Bailey, but he's just known for being your ex fiance at this point. I'm just saying. I didn't even know that. Damn. But I'm not a big Bailey fan, so. <laughs> wow. 
So you're only you're not known for your wrestling. You're known because your ex fiance is a better female wrestler. Listen, like she's a better wrestler than you are. That's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So our next match, we have Nick Camarado versus the Murder Hulk, or as Danhausen calls him, the Murder Bird Monster, Lance Archer. I like the match, two big guys. I'm a Lance Archer girl. I like him. Listen, this match to me, oh my God. You could tell Tony Khan loves hostage wrestling because these were two bulls going at it. <laughs> Listen, this match could have been on television and I would have watched it because Nick Camarado reminds me of, he reminds me of Bruiser, of King Bruiser Brody from back in the 80s. That's who he reminds me of. Yes. He reminds me of. He reminds me of if King Bruiser Brody had a brainchild. That's listen, Nick Camarado is right there, and I yeah. love Nick Camarado, and I really think that that they need to do more with him because he has the potential to be something if they were to do so. Hopefully, they could put him in Ring of Honor now that Tony Khan's brought that back. But yeah, him versus Lance Archer. Listen, Lance Archer should not be doing moonsaults off the top rope for somebody his size, but he does it so well, and I was just so here for that. Yes, like the big men in AEW, they do some wild shit. Wardlow, uh, Lance Archer, they do some some shit you wouldn't expect guys they're not doing. Like they got the dinosaur on Turn Hill last night with Christian and 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 listen. I'm for that. They have a host division that honestly. I haven't seen a hostile division that's stacked in wrestling on television in a while. Not since WCW was in a prime, killing it every week. Has a hostile division been that great, but underrated? AEW has an underrated, but good hostile division. Well, what do you think about everybody that bitches about AEW stack roster with them having so many people and they don't have enough airtime to get everybody TV time? What I have to say to that is... You got to think about it. AEW has only been around for three years. They're succeed- they are succeeding expectations that they should not be. They just got back to a million views today off of their go home forbidden show, Fallout show last night, which shows you when you have a roster that is so stacked, you can go without a Kenny Omega, who's injured, by the way, who's rehabbing. You can go without a CM Punk. You can go without a MJF. You can go out out a Cody Rhodes and nobody missed them because you have 20, 30 men in the back that can replace them at any time and get the job done, which is exactly what they did at Forbidden Door. Once they got rid of Punk and, you know, um, Brian off the show, they was able to step up with other key players and produce a high-quality pay-per-view without the main two ingredients. So I love a deep roster because you need that depth when your top talent start to get hurt that you can rely on. So there's nothing to complain about because they still deliver quality shows. So, like, what's the problem? And also, I don't see where they just push, like, one or two people, like, WWE. Like, WWE mm-hmm. puts all their, mm-hmm. all their eggs in one basket, and if that dude gets hurt, you're screwed. Whereas, they produce the multiple WWE people. have multiple you people hurt, and it's next guy up. Prime example, look at Christian. When MJF started acting an ass, excuse me, when he started wanting to show his tail, who did they put in place of him to cut promos as a heel now? Christian. And he's cutting just as good as promos as MJF, so they didn't lose nothing. Like, you need that depth so when one gets out of line, 
they can put up another one or another two or three to get the job done. Maybe if WWE took that same initiative, they wouldn't be as a dry roster as lately as they have been like the last two or four years. And having to break the glass and call poor Brock Lesnar back to work. Poor John Cena at 44. And 44 is not old. Be going making Peacemaker too. Listen, 44 is not old, but let's be real. They're not going to be able to depend on him for cheap pops for the rest of his career because at some point, Father Tom's going to sit him down. Like it did The Undertaker. The Undertaker mm. was always their go-to guy. And he it's finally was like, I can't do it no more. Listen, his hips are in such bad shape, he can't do it. Mm-hmm. Have you seen uh, on Peacock, The Last Ride, The Undertaker story? I did. And he was I in some... Yeah. He was in he was in such bad physical shape during his last real run. I see why he got out when he got out. Yeah. But he was he was a Vince guy and Vince knew he could always call him and he mm-hmm. trained to come back. And this is the problem that they have in that because they are reliant on an era that is soon to be not to be able to be relied on one day. And then you got the younger guys like the ricochets, the, you know, these younger guys that they're not pushing because they don't look like Brock. They don't look like Roman. They don't look like whoever because he's about a look. It's not about the talent. It's about a look. But in AEW, you got little Darby Allen over here with Sting, ain't even six feet. He can be a potential world champion one day because he's that good. Yeah, that's true. So back so to the buy-in. I, I see where I get mad. I'm going to go off on a rant, but I get mad about everybody bitching about AEW's deep roster. And my, my new rant is they need to appeal to the casual fan. No, they don't. I had Mm-mm. this debate last night with Justin Labar. No, Mm-mm. they freaking don't. If, I, if I'm a casual wrestling fan, I'll watch WWE. I'm a diehard wrestling fan. I watch AEW. Like, they were bitching, like, people are not going to know who these New Japan guys are. Well, if you watch AEW, you probably watch New Japan wrestling. So you're going to know. They did $5 million in revenue off of New Japan and AEW. So clearly somebody knew who they were. And mm-hmm. I say this, I say this as well. AEW, I don't want to hear no more comparisons. AEW is the best wrestling company in 2022 as far as pro wrestling goes. Not sports entertainment, pro wrestling. No other pro wrestling company in America is delivering like AEW does week to week. Even they be ready to show. Maybe Impact. Maybe Impact. If Impact had AEW money, they might compete with AEW. I agree with you on that. If they had the money, yes. But the roster, they don't have the deep roster, but they do have some key matches every now and then, yes. So if they had the money to to bring in talent, I think they could compete with AEW as a true wrestling company, not a sports entertainment company. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you on that, yeah. But I watched this this podcast show whatever it's called wrestling inc um and they were talking about dynamite last night and jimmy corderas is on there he used to be a wwe official 
And okay. he has done nothing but bitch about AEW doesn't appeal to the casual fan. They need to do video packages and tell us what happened last week. AEW fans can tell you what happened last week. Mm. So I sent out a message and said, I am sick and tired of hearing y'all say that. AEW is not WWE. <laughs> no, do they need to be? Exactly. I don't need a video package to mm. tell me what happened last week because I can remember because I thoroughly enjoyed it. I cannot right. think of one dynamite that or rampage that I really, really didn't like. The only time I think they did a video package was for who a talent was, was when Woodlow got ready to debut back in 2019. And we didn't see him until that next year on TV because he was in the Nightmare Factory training up. So they, you know, so like, you know, like um, back when he introduced Anna Jay in that little vignette and he was, you know what I'm saying, like her arm candy. That's the only time we knew who he was, what? Like Woodlow's coming. All they said was Woodlow's coming. Then next time we saw him, he was next to NJF and the Pinnacle with FTI. So mm -hmm. they can get away with that. WWE, they do video packages, but they don't make sense because they have inconsistent booking. When you have an inconsistent booker like Vince McMahon, you need to have video packages because you don't know what the hell is going on week to week. But with AEW, you can get away with not having a video package. And then as long as the wrestling gets fire, that's all they care about. I agree. I'm not a video package person. Give me balls to the wall, in-ring action, two hours, I'm good. 10 o'clock rolls around, I'm, I'm like, it's over? Uh, I could have done another hour of this. Yeah, like the only time I would want a video package is if they're getting ready to bring in a new talent that I'm not familiar with. Just give me a little introduction and then after that, put her in a ring or put him in a ring and then I'm good to go. I don't need a video package every week. I tend to agree. So our next match, we have Keith Lee and Swerve facing oh, yeah. El Desperado and his partner. Ugh. What do you think about the tension with Lee and Swerve right now? I love it. I love it because they can do so much with this. They can, they can play off of this. Well, I don't want to really want to be like Keith Lee don't want to be his partner, but he know that he needs them if they want to have tag team glory. So he needs to get his act together if they want to win the tag team championships because they don't need to split them up as yet. And I see Swerve's point. It was it was a battle royale. It was every they man have, for themselves. And they so, have natural chemistry together. They work well together, yeah. whether it's in singles or tag. So when you have a dynamic that works that well, you could do so many avenues with that and it'd be just fine. But don't break them up no time soon. I need to have uh, Starks and Hobbs end up with the tag team belts and then give me Starks and Hobbs, who are your AEW tag team champions, versus Lee and Swerve. Listen, I was so upset. Do you understand me? I was upset when they did not win the tag team gold at double or nothing. I wanted Ricky Starks and Pablo Hobbs to win at double or nothing. I did. I was rooting for them, too. I mean, I like the Young Bucks. But I was rooting for Hobbs and Starks. I love, um, I just love Ricky Starks' charisma, his his persona in the ring. It, he just has it all. He's he's on commentary on Friday sometimes. He's awesome. I was so upset when, you know, Pop House Hobbs and Ricky didn't win their double or nothing because that would have been a perfect segue 
into new champions, and we would have got some fire matches out of them. But I get what they're doing with FTR. They're doing the belt collector thing, and that's fine. But who's but who's going to dethrone them is the question. That is a good question. Because they've already fought the Bucks. They're not doing that again. The Bucks just lost the titles. Well, no, they got them now. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah so who's going to who's going to eventually beat FTR after they beat the Bucks? Is the next question that they need to be trying to figure out. And I would rather they be either Powerhouse Hobbs Starks or Swerve and Keith Lee. Yep, I agree with that. I could see that. Mm-hmm. And then you got ROH tag titles that FTR is currently holding too. So you could give oh. one of those groups those belts, send them to ROH and build up our, the ROH tag division. Listen, speak of ROH, what do you think about that stable that Totally Blanchard has now? Khan from Ring of Honor when like prior to them going out of business and some Samoan guy named Toa Leon which oh my god listen I'm surprised WWE didn't snatch him because that's the Vince got all the way through there and then Brian Cage which I love Brian Cage in this faction because he needed something to do yeah but I mean in Brian Cage's defense if you know Tony Khan wants to pay me to sit at home I'm okay with that too because he renewed his contract and you know didn't have nothing for him to do at first i'm like uh, i would be okay with sitting at home getting paid i kind of like it i'm i'm waiting to see what they actually do i know i i think what they're going to do after some i think they're going to set up jonathan grisham versus brian cage at ring of honor Depp before dishonor in july for the championship, I think that's what they're going to do with that because Tully did say last week on Rampage, my guys wants a shot at Grisham for the championship. So I think they're going to set up Brian Cage versus Grisham for the Ring of Honor championship at Depp before this on it on July 23rd, which will be fire, by the way. Yes, yes. And then and we need you're to probably going to end up with Rick like, and yeah, like Samoa a- Joe for the TV title, the ROH TV title. <sighs> Speaking of Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe, how would you go about booking that? Would you have him go over Samoa Joe? I wouldn't because I think it's too early for him to lose. I wouldn't neither, but depending on Joe's health, Mm -hmm. like if he's still trying to recover from his injury, then I mm-hmm. may let Lethal go over if he if he's gonna be out for a while just to have, have that belt. Have also, him be the transitional champion. Yeah. And then when Joe comes back, have a rematch, Joe squashes mm-hmm. him and it's done. And yeah. let Joe have his title back for a little while. But I mean, I like Jay Lethal. I like Lethal. Uh, listen, I've said it from the beginning. He hasn't had a bad match since he signed the AEW. He hasn't had a bad match at all since he signed the AEW. He's been on fire. Was it on Rampage? Rampage or Dark when, when me and Brittany went to one of the AEW? When uh, he wrestled. When we seen him live, I was like, damn, he's really good. Like, better than what is shown on TV. He was a lot better He's he's been a lot better in AEW than his last Ring of Honor run before they went out of business. But yeah, I'm 
thinking that's probably what they're going to do. It's going to depend on what Joe's health is. Mm -hmm. I agree. And then also, if if Joe is having health issues, I would have Joe run ROH and let him book matches and, and stuff like that to take some mm -hmm. of the weight off of Tony Khan because there's no way that man can do everything he does. He can't. He, he, he can't. He, he's gonna need help with Ring of Honor, like booking that. Honestly, with bringing in a William Regal, having a, a Samoa Joe, a they, Dustin Rhodes, you got you, talent right there. I'm, I'm glad you do ROA. I'm glad you said Ring Regal because had they not put him with John Moxley and crew, I would have had him be the general manager of Ring of Honor and let him run Ring of Honor and just go to Tony for creative. But let him be the one to book the matches like he did in NXT Gold. Mm -hmm. That's when NXT was good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, this shit well, now, I just turn it on for background noise. What's some up with Joe? If he is unable to compete for the championship, let him run Ring of Honor in place of that until he gets better. And then if you want to transition over to Ring Regal, he's right there. He'd be glad to do it. Or Dustin Rhodes. Dustin doesn't wrestle that much anymore. Yeah, but like I said, like Tony's not going to be able to book AEW and Ring of Honor back to back. He's going to have to sleep sometime. Especially if they're like, from what I'm hearing, they're trying to get it back on TV, like on a regular weekly basis. Working on getting it back on TV. Like he's had several conversations with Warner Media, like the new Warner bosses, by the way, about getting it back on weekly TV. And honestly, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm. You know, it's like if you got like, you know, it's like you got like, you got like dynamite on Wednesdays. If I'm Tony, I'm putting Ring of Honor on a Thursday night at 8 p.m. on True TV, which is all under warning anyway. It'll be the continuation of dynamite stories translated over to Ring of Honor, along with the own stories on Ring of Honor. Have it be like a mix of both and go about it that way. Like, don't have it be on a Saturday night. And your pay-per-views on a Sunday night, like that's conflicting. Have it be on the Thursday night, the week after, well, you know, it's like the night after Dynamite as a continuation. So if they want to play out the Because then you would get Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday nights of mm -hmm. AEW product. Three days. But if you want to be petty, and, and this would be me, I would put try to talk them into putting it on Tuesdays against NXT and run my numbers with them. If I was a petty bitch. And you know what? Unfortunately, Tony Khan doesn't seem to be a petty bitch. I could see Tony doing something like that, though, because... <laughs> uh, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I got a feeling Ring of Honor is going to be what NXT Gold or NXT 2.0 should have been. That's what I'm thinking. I got a feeling this new Ring of Honor, the way he's booking it and the way he's secretly putting people in place... That's going to be the NXT gold, but in Ring of Honor. Mm -hmm. Quality wrestling wise. Yes. Yes. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I can't wait to see Ring of Honor. Now, you know, they already you got the new logo and, and everything. Listen, I love the new logo. It's a lot better than the other one that they were trying to go with. It gives you classic yet modern homage. I love it. Now, how do you feel about? 
because it's looking like we're going to get Serena versus Mercedes for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship at Depot for this honor in July as well. How do you feel about that match? I'm for it. I like both of them. Um, I didn't realize Mercedes was as old as she was. I didn't realize she was 41 either. I mean, but she looks good. She's 45. What? Yeah, she she was on Busted Open Friday doing an interview with Dave LaGreca and uh, Mark Henry. And she, she I think they asked her, you know, you've been in the business for 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I'm 45 years old. And I was like, dang, you don't look 45. I'd have never get that. I, I could have sworn I thought she I, was I would have said middle 30s. She looked good. She, she looked good for her age. Like, she's kept that way. She was talking about um, how she didn't feel like she could come out and be herself when she was mm-hmm. with another promotion mm-hmm. and and stuff. It was frowned upon, especially in like the Latino community and whatever. Yeah, it was yeah, a great yeah. interview. It was a great interview. But when she dropped, she was 45 and she can still wrestle like that. I was like, damn. I thought she was, I could have sworn I thought she was 40, 41. Well, listen, 45, she looked good. I ain't mad. But yeah. I like, I, I, I'm liking the matchup. I love Serena. I like, D. Serena, I like to see Serena with, with a belt. I, I Listen, I like Mercedes. But if you want a workhorse and you want to really build up that ring around the women's division when you get that on TV, have Serena beat Mercedes at Depp before this honor. Yep. Oh, and there's a rumor going around. You know who Tony Khan's trying to get to work for him with his women's division for ROH? Who? Canalis. Oh, Maria. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm conflicted about that, though, because, and the only reason why. I saw what she did with the Ring of Honor Women's Division under Sinclair, and she put on a free TV, YouTube type of event of a tournament that nobody watched. She might be good if you put her under the toolage of maybe a Samoa Joe or a William Regal. If I'm Tony Khan, I'm going with somebody like a Jazz who's actually been from the ring, who knows what it takes to run a proper women's division. I'm going with somebody like a, or Medusa. Hey, Medusa free, she not doing nothing. Yes. Hell, like you can get Medusa. Um, You know who I wish was free? I wish Gail Kim was not an impact. I would love for Gail Kim to be the one to do it if she wasn't with impact. Cause she's done wonders for that knockout division and impact. Oh, yeah, I love me some Tasha Steels. Mm. Mm. But, yeah, I, I'm not mad at Tony if he got Maria, but I just want whoever ends up being the booker of the women's division to actually get them on TV and put the girls on TV they need to be on TV. And the girls they need to be in ring training don't have them on TV. If you're going to have quality, put the quality workhorses that you know can get it done on TV every week. And then the ones that still need to train up a little bit, have them in the Nightmare Factory to work up to get to TV. And then if you need them on TV, that's what Dark and Elevation's for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On YouTube, for free. 
and they yep. still getting ripped and getting views. Yep. But don't 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 dilute the product just to have faces on TV just to feed. Oh, they need to have more women. No, put the women who can get the job done on TV. That's what you need to do. That's one of my issues. Like everybody's complaining about. Well, we need more women on TV. The problem is there's not really quality women that can wrestle. Like most of them are young and they're still a little green. Like the only reason Jade has trans I think she has transitioned so well is because she was a previous athlete. She Mm -hmm. played basketball. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why she transitioned so well. But even if you Mm -hmm. go back and watch some of her earlier matches you can see where she makes mistakes and and does things compared you know to now. Turn her, but you know what's starting to turn her game around though when tony khan had her training with brian Danson. Mm-hmm. now that he's training her and he's an actual trainer trainer she's going to be a beast six months she's going to be a, a beast this time next year under brian's uh tutelage. and and if i'm him and there's certain and that's the best thing about that, that i like that i'm that are young like That's another thing about Jane. Todd Conti, I would have Danielson train them. Yeah. Red Velvet's working with Brian Danielson, too. Yeah, I've seen improvement in her when she wrestled. Mm-hmm. Until she got hurt. Yeah, because yeah, he's teaching her how to be a heel as well, which has been well for her being in the baddies. But let me ask you this question, though. How do you get the other women's division? Like, how do you get the other women's champion up to Jay's level as far as her TV presence? And what I mean by that is, I like Thunder Rosa, but her presence is boring outside of the ring. When you look at Jay, her presence is so ridiculous on television. You, who's that girl with the white hair? She makes you want to tune in to see who the hell is that. Because you don't see- the next storm in, in X-Men. First of all, you don't see a, like a tall built Amazon with fox like hair on TV at eight o'clock every week on TV, but AEW. You don't see that in WWE. You don't see that in Impact. You don't see that anywhere else but in AEW. So you're like, who the hell is this girl with this white hair? Like, who the fuck is that? You want to see who that is. Thunder Rosa ain't got that presence until she's in the ring. So if you're Tony Khan trying to get interest in your women's champion outside of Jade, how do you book somebody who doesn't have the what's the word because see i'm because i don't want to i don't want to sound negative but thunder rosa doesn't have presence she doesn't have charisma like jay she doesn't make yeah. me want to watch her you to pay attention to her exactly she ain't got that jay does the only thing i could think of is you give her a manager and let the manager do all the talking but who but then it's like so she can't okay. get a promo, all she can do is wrestle. See, that's the thing. They complain about old oh, Thunder Rose need to be having more promos. But when she do have promos, she comes off like she's ranting. She is what I've noticed with her, the time she has had a promo with Tony Shabani, she gets she gets easily excited the moment she feels the crowd is behind her and she can't get herself back on track. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that when she did a promo mm-hmm. and she came over and they started playing her music, I was like, that means shut up. And then it comes and then it comes across as well, oh, they're not giving her more time. Well, they give her the time, but she doesn't know how to stick to the topic of what she's talking about. So therefore she looks like she don't know what the hell she's doing. Cause even um Mark Henry said it. Mark Henry was like, 
he said it like the week before last. Jade comes off as more no, not Mark Henry, but um, Matt Man podcast. They said it. That was like, like Jade comes off her being a rookie TBS champion as far as her second year of wrestling. She comes off as more of a champion than Thunder Rosa does. Who's the veteran? I agree with that. I agree with that. So if you're Tony Khan hearing that, that's a problem. How do you fix that? Like I said, the only the only thing is either give her practice with promos mm-hmm. with somebody that's good with promos, like maybe a Christian Cage. Um, Jake the Snake. Yeah, Jake the Snake. Tully. I Tully. mean, you-, you give her a manager and let the manager mm-hmm. do talking for. Her. Yeah. And I said this comment a while back. I said the only time people want to watch Donna Rosa is when she's wrestling. Otherwise, they don't want to hear what she's talking about. But when I say that, people get mad. But it's the truth, though. But it is because, like, when she does, when she cuts promos, I kind of tune them out. Like, I'll, I'll if I'm taking notes for when we're do, doing our AEW review, mm-hmm. and she does a promo, I write Thunder Rosa promo, and that's it. Yeah. It'd be like well, if she says something that catches my ear, I'll write it down. But well, it's usually Thunder Rosa promo. We can skip over this real quick. And I tell you why I skip over it because it's starting to come off across as the war with me. I'm the underdog. Didn't nobody want to root for me? Like I've had it so hard, and then and then. But at one point, do you elevate above that? Yeah. Jade, will you watch Jade cut a promo? You just know she's going to come out and kill it, as she does. Now, she has Stokely, who, listen, I love Stokely Hathaway with Jade because that was just, listen, television gold between the two of them. Smart on you, Tony. But Jade is cutting better promos than you, and she's not even nowhere nearly as experienced in you as Ring. As, as Ring-wise. She will be eventually, but right now she's not there ring-wise, but she's cutting better promos than you, and that shouldn't be because you've been around longer than her. You've been around the best of the promo cutters mm-hmm. until she got the AEW. So I can't see her fans complaining when Jade is out here outshining you in every aspect. And then you got Britt Baker over here, who's a she doesn't miss on promos either. Now, the only one promo I think she missed on was the one, I think they were in Cleveland Beach, the beach break. I think it was maybe that one because she had just Mm. finished wrestling. I think that Mm. was the only one I was like, what the fudge? This is terrible. This is not Britt Baker. And I I love Britt Baker. I'm I'm a DMD girl. Yeah, like she's one of the best promos in the game. I'm kind of glad she's she's not the champion right now because I'd like to see her do the chase, not be chased. You know who I want to be? I want to see Jamie Hayter get more of the spotlight. But I'm not with Britt. I want you to have a feud. You, I, because you keep seeing seeds planted when when they're together. Listen, that whole keep your sticky hands off my championship. She was talking about Jamie. She wasn't talking about Tony. But they did it in reverse psychology, though. They made it mm-hmm. look like she was talking about Tony when she was really talking about Jamie. So I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Jamie didn't, I'm like, wait a minute. Tony didn't grab your championship. Jamie grabbed your Owen championship tournament trophy. I'm like, oh, 
they wasn't expecting people to catch that, and which a lot of people didn't. But she wasn't talking about Tony. She was talking about Jamie, and that's what come back up sooner rather than later. How would you feel with Jamie Hayter joining the Blackpool Combat Club? When I first heard that group came together, I wanted her in that group. If you had to put a female in there, I would pick her or Chris Statlander. If it ain't Serena or her, don't do it. But I would rather it be Jamie Hayter because she has that British connection and she can talk and she can cut a promo. And her mm-hmm. next to Regal, here's why I wouldn't pick Chris Statlander. Chris is already over with the fans. They like her already. Mm-hmm. Jamie needs them more so than anybody. So if anybody needs to be in that group, it's Jamie. Cause and plus she's and she's a hoss. Listen, get her around Brian, training with Brian. Listen. Mm-mm. She'd be a killer. And William Regal's brain? Mm. Listen, yeah. them promos they be dropping every those wrote two promos, have her talking her trash. Like in one of those wrote the dynamite promos with the uh, BCC. I tune in just to hear mm-hmm. talk a little because she's standing next to Regal co-signing it. Yep. I've been saying they need a female. Like the only female they need in that is Jamie, if not Serenity. Yep. Uh, I could see Serena or or Jamie would be my two picks. Yeah. Yeah, because anybody else, they don't have that presence that would elevate. If anything, it would take away. What do you think about putting Smart Mark with Thunder Rosa? Look at what he did for Jake before Stokely came in. That would work. He he took he 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 elevated Jade a lot, and people don't give him credit for that. They was like, oh, oh, Jade need to get away from him, but no, he brought a lot to Jade's game before they brought in Stokely for her. So he could definitely help Thunder Rosa. And he knows how to talk. Mm-hmm. And he knows how to get the talent over and not make it about him. Because, you know, it's like, oh, he was, you know what I'm saying, like coaching Jade. He was, I, like, the description I used was, you had the tall, beautiful black Amazon and the punk, simp white lawyer sipping over his client jeweling over his client, making it all about her. And it was the truth. He didn't take mm-hmm. over Jade when she was in the scene. It was about her. And she needs, Thunder Rosa needs somebody that can elevate her and not make it about them. And he would be the perfect role for that. Yeah. Because right the now, I can think of. yeah, because the way she's going now, I don't see her championship reign lasting pass all out at this rate because she has to learn how to cut a promo. I know people say, oh, I don't watch wrestling to cut promos, but Chris Jericho told Sheeta, if you're going to be a champion, and this was before she was the champion, if you're going to be a champion, you're going to have to work on your English skills, and she did, and she cuts wonderful promos. She's have have Rosa work with, with Jericho on promos. Jericho's the king of promos. Listen, look at what he did for Pineapple Pete. He got Pineapple Pete a whole job during the pandemic. Went from Sugar T. Duncan to Pineapple Pete. He knows how to get people over. Mm-hmm. 
Like, it ain't like the man just be, you know, calling himself the wizard. And now people starting to say, oh, my God, he's the wizard because they like it because he knows how to get stuff over. And I mean, 50 years old, he ain't bad looking either. And he ain't missed yet. No. But, as, but yes, but as far as Forbidden Door, back to Forbidden Door, I love that match with Keith Lee and Swerve in that tag team match. Listen, those poor Japanese wrestlers looked so small when they were in the ring with poor Keith Lee. I was like, Keith Lee's just going to squash them. <laughs> Keith Lee, oh my God. He, his, his, his ceiling is, he has none. He doesn't have a ceiling. It's, the moment they pull the trigger on Keith as champion, world champion, not TNT champion, their revenue streams is going to go up because people are, he's going to be box office. Imagine Keith Lee versus CM Punk, Keith Lee versus what? Keith Lee versus John Moxley. Oh, okay. Keith Lee versus John Moxley. Keith Lee versus Brian Danson. Hello. Uh, uh, Keith Lee, Keith Lee versus the dinosaur as a heel, the heel dinosaur. Um, uh, who else? Oh, Keith Lee versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Listen, they can do so much with Keith Lee. He's one of them talents where you can put him in a ring with anybody and he can just make it go. That's true. That is true. Now, I did write on my notes that I would not mind seeing a one-on-one -on -one match with Swerve and Desperado. Give me that match one-on-one. -on -one. And the Forbidden Door is still open, according to the Bucks, the episode this week. If I'm Tony Khan, I'm booking El Desperado versus Swerve on a Friday Night Rampage in the opening match, and I would not be upset about it. Yep. And, and then the, we go, go ahead. And give them the whole 20 minutes to do what they need to do. Yeah, that was like, I was sitting there watching, and I was like, I would love to see a one-on-one -on -one with them. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. would put on a banger of a match. Like, everybody like, would be on Twitter talking about Swerve and Desperado. Just like they were when he fought, well, wrestled um, Alex Zane at the Supercard of Honor back in April. And that was fire. <laughs> Listen, him and El Desperado, that would be right up there. So Keith Lee gets the pin. And then we see mm -hmm. Starks and Hobbs calling out Keith Lee and Swerve. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where they're going to book this match because they don't have another pay-per-view until All Out, which is September the 4th. Mm -hmm. Grand Slam. In Queens, New well, Grand Slam Part Two, excuse me, is September the twenty first. I don't see them waiting until Grand Slam to do that match, but they're definitely I can see them doing that all out. Or no, because they do have another special dynamite, April the tenth, I believe, and it's something quite by the lake. Yeah, quite by the lake. Yeah, I can see them doing it there. I can see them doing it in August because. But I would rather them do it on pay-per-view and all out in September, but this is me though, because I feel like on pay-per-view, they'll get the longer time in ring to do so and tell the story. And it'd be all your $50 worth of paying for it. That's true. 
Then our next match, we have the LA Dojo versus Max Caster and the Gun Club. And this is supposed to be an eight-man tag. We hear Caster's raps, which are usually always on fire. Love Max mm-hmm. Caster's raps. And then Danhausen has a gift for the ass boys. Starts playing the ass boys song, and Austin and Colton run off. You know what? I'm gonna be honest with you. When they first signed Danhausen, I didn't see the need for him. But once I saw how powerful his social media presence is, and he has a powerful social media presence, by the way, I said, "Oh, they signed him for their merch sales." Mm-hmm. They didn't sign him to be, oh, let me see him wrestle. Let's see how the merch sales do. That's why they signed him. And it makes sense because you need a character like that. Yep. And if you watch his uh, his video blogs, they're great. Like, mm-hmm. I watched one not too long ago, and he was talking to some guys that I guess they're on, like, a, a performance base. You know, we'll pay mm-hmm. you when we want you to come in and wrestle. Mm-hmm. And, and Dan House goes, I'm telling Tony Elite not to bring you back. Listen, the kids love their housing. They do. They, they, they listen, they, they, the young base love their housing. So I see why they signed him because AEW does have the youngest demographic as far as wrestling and like as far as fans are concerned. So, yeah, I didn't get him at first neither. And then I started watching some of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Brenda, you need to watch some of his stuff. I was like, oh, he's kind of funny. I, I kind of, I'm kind of liking him. But it left Billy, Billy Gunn and Max Caster had to face four guys. <laughs> First of all, I remember when Billy Gunn was still known as Mr. Ass. And, you know, he he had, you know, some like the butt cheeks on his gears and stuff. I remember that, <laughs> Billy Gunn. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's in AEW 2022, and like he's in phenomenal shape, by the way, like he looked good. Mm-hmm. It's still in great shape. I'm not mad. No, you can't be mad. I'm not mad. Mm, get bad. I thought it was a decent match, considering it was a two on four. <laughs> mm. Max Caster picks up the pin. They get the win, so you know there's going to be some fallout for uh, only thing about that Colton is... and Austin leaving. The only thing about that Colton is... and Austin. The only thing about that is, is that when he does come back, I want them to focus more on Anthony Bowens because he can really wrestle for real, for real. Mm-hmm. I want him to get a singles run at some point. Like they doing with Dax of FTR. Mm-hmm. I want that for Anthony Bowens as well. Yeah, I like Bowens too. And I like the fact that while he's injured, he's still on TV. So it's not yeah, like he's he still on TV. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like the same thing with um, Britt. You know, it's like when she was injured and she was in a wheelchair, she kept herself on TV. That's that's what people don't want to give her credit for. She didn't get over until she got that injury because she kept herself on TV. That's when she really got over because she was on TV every week, cut the promo every week. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the yes. same with Ricky Starks when Ricky Starks had his neck injury. Mm-hmm. He kept himself he on thought, TV. He thought his career was over and Cody was like, we'll, we'll put you on commentary. And he got himself over. He, well, He's freaking mm-hmm. awesome on commentary. Yeah, like he can definitely have a commentary career when he decides to hang it up in ring and be this fine. It's same thing with Chris Jericho. I love Chris mm-hmm. Jericho commentary. 
Chris, listen, Chris Jericho already said, this is my last contract. I'm not going back to WWE. I'm going to retire in AEW. And when I can't do it in the ring no more, I'm going straight to commentary. And this is where I'm going to be. And I love it. I love it. So we're going to move on to the main show. That was just the buy-in. Mm-hmm. And our main show, our first match is Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Suzuki versus Kingston, Shota, and Wheeler, Utah. Um, evidently, Jericho has some history with Shota. He took out his dad, then took him out in New Japan when Chris Jericho was over there. Mm, I didn't notice. Like, yeah. So, like, it was news to me. Yep. Yep, Jericho took out Shota's dad. Shota went to check on his dad, and Jericho put Shota in the walls of Jericho. So, Jer- so Shota had Jericho. some with Jericho, so that's why I think he agreed to this match. So we were supposed to start out with Yuta and Sammy. Jericho tags himself in to start. And Yuta begins slapping the shit out of Jericho. Listen, I was like, you go, young Yuta. Will Yuta in the last six months has had the biggest come up out of the young guns in AEW outside of MJF and Darby and Jungle Boy and Sammy. Because he went from being an unknown, who the hell is this? Why am I going to watch him? to him being in the hottest faction in wrestling all around right now, which is the BCC. And he's damn near heading to a superstardom status since being in that group. And now that he's the Ring of Honor, like, pure champion, that's to elevate him even more. So I'm here for Wheeler Yuta. Do you think they should keep Wheeler Yuta on Dynamite or have him do both Dynamite and ROH? Have him do both. Because I feel like like once they get their TV deal, they're going to have to put him on Ring of Honor so he can defend the championship in Ring of Honor because he is the Ring of Honor pre champion. But until then, have him strictly on Dynamite and Rampage. Keep the relevance, like keep the Ring of Honor pre champion relevant. But once you get that TV deal, you have him do both. Same thing with Mercedes. You know, it's like the same thing with Mercedes Martinez, you know, because you know how she's been like, um, she's been defending in, like on dark, like ever mm-hmm. since she's been champion. But once they get that TV deal, have her defending in Ring of Honor. So, well, that, that's if she don't get dethroned by death before dishonor next month, because it was just a pure possibility. It, it's definitely a possibility. And we see Yuda starts doing uh, German suplexes on Jericho. Um, is Wheeler Yuta the new mayor of Suplex City? I noticed that. I noticed it with Dax. I noticed it with Cash. I'm like, I don't know. Somebody been watching Benoit lessons. They've been taking Chris Benoit footage and and putting it to use because I've been seeing a lot of Chris Benoit isms with these suplexes. And but I love it though because, like, you need a nostalgia feel every once in a while. Yes. And I put, I was impressed with Yuda uh, since he has joined the Blackpool Combat Absolutely. Club. Absolutely. I wasn't paying attention to him before, but since he's standing next to Brian and Mox and, and, and that Claudio and Regal, uh, wait, okay. I got time. You see, I liked, I liked Yuda when he was with Best Friends. Like, out of all of them, he was probably my favorite. I, 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 I didn't like Best Friends uh, anyway. So Listen, I'm if I had to pick one, it was you. It was I, I, I feel the best friends held him back from his potential. 
Because let's be honest, Orange is the star of that group overall. He is. Orange is that's Orange's group. You don't mm-hmm. you don't care about Trent unless he's next to Ace Romero or Orange Cassidy. But towards Utah, I saw his potential and I immediately said, uh uh-uh, they need to get him out of this group because this ain't gonna be it. And I'm glad that they came up with the Blackpool Combat Club because this is gonna do wonders for him. Yes. Then we see Shota and Suzuki. They're having a little chaos outside the ring. Um, we see Sammy doing a little showboating. Now, his showboating is kind of getting on my nerves. You're in the ring to wrestle, not showboat. But I get you're a heel. That's what heels kind of do to piss off the crowd. Mm-hmm. Then we see Shota beat Guevara, which is always a good thing. Yes. I wasn't a fan of the showboat neither because my thing is I pay to see you wrestle. I don't pay to see you showboat. If I wanted to see showboating, I'd watch you know WWE because all they do is listen like they do clown stuff all over the show. Like I want wrestling, so I like I don't care for the showboat. But yeah, I thought the match overall was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um. Then we see Kingston and Suzuki chopping each other. And those were some loud chops. And they looked painful. And Kingston was selling. I was praying for his chest because his chest looked like he was in so much pain. I wouldn't want to take one of them chops. I know that much. I'm like, no, you can have it. No, thank you. Mm -mm. Yeah, and he was chopping Suzuki in the corner. Suzuki was just walking out there, like, do it again, do it again. And I was just like, he's crazy. Listen, his pain tolerance is crazy. Listen, he has a tolerance. Listen, like he has like a um higher pain tolerance than I do. I, I listen, I said that much. Like I, I know people with high tolerance for pain. Like my dad's one of them. I had a great uncle that was one of them. Like we didn't even. Like, his pain tolerance was so high, by the time he realized he was in pain, it was too late to do anything for him. Mm. So it was a gift and a curse at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, so mm. and my dad's the same way. The only thing I've seen bring my dad down, and my dad was like, is a 6'5 guy, was kidney stones. Mm. Kidney yeah. stones put him on the floor to the point where we had to call my brother to come help us get him up. Yeah, but other than that, my dad has yeah, a very high tolerance of pain. Listen, I more power to the people with high tolerances of pain because, baby, if I see, listen, if I feel one pinch, I'm calling the doctor. What the hell going on? Like this ain't right. Like we're not doing this. Yeah, them chops were hurting me. <laughs> okay, and of course, Jericho, Guevara, and Suzuki get the win, which gives them the man advantage going into Dynamite Blood and Guts. That was a good match overall because it was a very good match. But when I when Jericho I didn't know much about Shota. I automatically said Blackpool Combat is gonna win blood and guts. Like, first of all, once they signed Claudio, they had to have them win blood and guts because you don't put the new you know combat club member on his first big show like Blood and Guts last night and have him lose. There was no way they could have lost that. Mm-mm. Vince would have done something like that, had him lose. 
he would have debuted on pay-per-view, looked wonderful, and then lost that next night like ain't nothing happened the night before. Exactly. Our next match, we have Rapungi Vice, FTR, and Jeff Cobb and the Great O'Con fighting for the IWGP Tag Champions and the ROH Tag Belts. Thought it was a really good match. Um, got a little scared there when Dax got hurt and he was going to the back. Yeah, once he popped this shot out of place, yeah, once he popped this shot out of place, I knew I just thought the match quality was going to go down, but it actually went up if that's possible. Because normally, when somebody gets hurt, that's like, okay, let's just get this over with as soon as possible. Let's go check. They kept going. He came out. They said, listen, take me up. 10 minutes later, he was out there wrestling like ain't nothing happened. And, you know, they they came away with the. <laughs> they came away with both championships and that was just that but yeah. I will say even when he was injured they put on a four star match I give them that that was a four star match and, yeah, when like, he got injured I was like oh shit because I was wanting FTR to win I was like okay so if FTR is not going to win and they're going to have to put the ROH belt on somebody I mm-hmm. want it to be Cobb and Ocon mm-hmm. absolutely that's who I was rooting for then then Dax come back you know he was back there he's like Pop this bitch back in place, put some tape on it, put some some shots in this. I'm going back out there. Like, give me a quarter zone shot or two, and then I'm good to go. I got, listen. Yes, that was that was a great match. And then we get a promo from Juice Robinson and Jay White. And Juice still has the IG, the IWGP title that belongs to Will Ospreay. What? What? I don't understand this. They stripped him <laughs> of the title, but he's refusing to give the title up. I think they're going to have like a unification match when it takes all for that particular championship. I think that's what they're going to do with that. And the, the and the way they're building Jay White, I don't see him losing that match. So I definitely think that he's going to end up with both of those championships. But, it, you know, it's like when it's all said and done. I could see that. Then we get the new AEW belts, the All-Atlantic Championship. It's a four-way between Clark, uh, Clark Connors, who got put in because of an injury to, um, oh, forgot his name. It was an injury to, like, um, Tamashiro Ishii. Yeah, yeah. And Pac, Miro, and Malachi Black. I thought it was a really, really good match. I was rooting for Miro when they announced the championship. I was wanting Miro to win it. Kind of glad they gave it to Pac. He kind of deserves it. I'm going to tell you why like I wasn't I'm rooting for Miro because, first of all, when Miro went away, he was the TNT champion. I didn't want him coming back winning another championship when he had just had a reign prior to him going to Hollywood for a while. And he was injured for a while as well. But, yeah. Pack needed that. Well, I, I wanted Malachi Black to win. I'm gonna be honest with you because Malachi Black is just fighting me. Okay, like he's just dope. Yeah, he was my second behind Miro. Yeah. So for Pack, I definitely think that's elevated him because he's been he's been built up as a championship contender for a while. As far as like amongst the fans, like oh, he should be champion of this. He should be champion of this. So for him to finally get the All-Atlantic Championship and the fact that it's an international championship to where international talents from all over the world is going to be coming to the States just to battle for it, 
that's what I'm excited about because you're going to get talents from Japan, talents from, you know, from the UK, talents from Canada, can you know, all, it's basically like their intercontinental championship. Mm-hmm. And I'm so here for that because they need that- they kind of made it look like Miro was going to take it as strong as it was in the match. And you're sitting there watching, going, yeah, Miro's going to win this hands down. And the way he was talking about it. I was like, wow. I was shocked. I, first of all, when um, Malachi Black spit on him with the black mist, I didn't see him doing that. I thought he would have got packed. So when he ended up getting Miro, I was like, whoa, they got the biggest that out of the match early. But when Pac went on the win, that, to me, I didn't call that. I had either Malachi yeah, that, or Miro. That was, that was a teacher nobody saw coming. I didn't see that coming at all. I did not see him winning that at all. So that shows you um, AEW, they don't always give you what you want. They'll go with the opposite just because they know that it's going to get an even bigger reaction. And it did. And like it's really hard to pick who's gonna win some of their their championship matches. Like in AEW, I mean WWE, you pretty much know who's gonna win. Mm-hmm. Right. AEW, you're sitting here going, "Well, it could be this person. It could be that person." Right. Right. Me and Brendan went to watch Full Gear. We went to the theater mm-hmm. to watch it, and it was Omega. I think it was Omega and Hangman. Mm-hmm. And when Omega dropped the bell, I was like, yeah, there's rumors he's been hurt and he's been wrestling. So that's why they let um, um, Hangman get the title. I was like, Mm -hmm. but the whole match, I was like, oh, Kenny's got this. Kenny's got this. He's going to retain. First of all, Kenny's pain level. Kenny was wrestling with Vertigo. Okay. He he was basically wrestling seeing stars. Listen, you get my respect off that alone because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Nope. I couldn't do it. I'm seeing stars during the match. I'm like, I don't know. Get me the hell out of this ring so we can get backstage and see what the hell going on with me. Uh-huh. This man was, this man put on a 60-minute classic with Brian Danielson in New York seeing stars. Listen. Listen. You don't get no disrespect out of me when it comes to that. Nope. So Pac is our new All-Atlantic champion. Mm-hmm. Then we get the Young Bucks and El Fantasmo versus Darby Sting and Takagoi. Oh my God, that match, was, that match was wonderful. That was it wonderful. was a great match. They do Sting's <laughs> intro and Sting don't come out. And at this point, I'm thinking... The Young Bucks jumped his ass backstage. When Sting didn't come out, that's the first thing I thought. The Young Bucks and Bullet Club jumped him backstage and, mm-hmm. and it, they're eliminated one and it's going to be a two-on-three match. And mm-hmm. then that old 60-year-old man jumped off the tunnel. I'm like, Listen. what the hell? Listen, Sting is out here wrestling better than people have his age. <laughs> He's putting on matches better than people have his age. That's old enough to be his nephews, his kids. He He's just wonderful. His grandkids? Okay. For him to be 63 years old and don't move like it at all. 
it's, it's got me looking like, Ric Flair, what are you doing, Rick? You're 72 years old. You don't even move near as good. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yes, he, poor Ric Flair. I think mm. Rick just wants to be relevant. But you know what? He, he posted something last week that kind of got me scared for him because he said, well, what's the worst that can happen? My pacemaker pops out, they can put it back in. Sir, if that pacemaker pops out, sir, that's it. You're going, you're right. You, you will die right there in that ring, sir. I'm looking at Charlotte like, girl, where you at? I know you want the honeymoon, but um, you need to be sitting his ass down somewhere like that. You're not doing this at your age. Because oh, like, hey. if you take a chop, you take one hard chop to your chest and that pacemaker starts to act up, baby. What are you doing? Yep. And, shout, uh, and shame on Conrad it. for booking that. Shame on Conrad for booking that because you have no class, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes bookers are their worst enemies. And this is the and this is a case of that because this man is 72 years old. He has severe heart issues at this point and you don't need to wrestle you just want to wrestle just to prove a point that you still got it because you didn't feel like your wrestlemania exit was the way to go come on this is ego at this point yeah yep so back to the match sting and darby and their partner get the win kind of upset i mean i like the young bucks but I'm not mad that Darby and his team got the win with Darby being an up-and-comer. I feel like this needs to be the start of Sting versus Darby and Sting's last match. Needs to be with Darby, his protege. I could see that. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody need to retire Sting but Darby. Yeah, I could see that. And then next we get Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. Thought it was a good match. Thought Tony mm -hmm. Storm looked really good. I could eventually see her as AEW Women's Champion. I was upset she oh, didn't win it. Good moves. I was upset she didn't win. I wanted her to win. I I wanted Tony to win. So when I she didn't win, take the belt off of Thunder Rosa anytime soon, though. I mean, but her reign has been so dry, though. Like the TBS championship with Jade and Athena and Chris Statland is more exciting than this. Oh, I can't wait for for um, Athena and Jade to go at it. That's going to be good. Oh my God, that's going to be good. That's going to be good. That, especially that, that giving that, the next paper. Especially given that Jake is well. Jade is starting to like improve like week to week in ring now, and you can see it, it's visible. Oh, that's going to be good, good. Yep. So Thunder Rosa retains her title, and then we move on to what people are calling the match of the night. Mm. That is Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay. Mm. Love this match. Love Will Ospreay. I'm, I haven't ever been a real big fan of Orange Cassidy. So. I'll say this. I, I wasn't a fan of him either. When I, when, first of all, when I first saw him in AEW, I just thought he was so whack. Like, he was just so whack to me. Like, I'm like, what? 
I'm like, first of all, he moves slow. He, he, you know, he acts like he doesn't care. He acts like he's unmotivated. But when he flips that switch, though, I said, oh, that's why they signed him. Because once he flips that switch, baby, he, that, 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 that man can wrestle. Yep. That man can wrestle. Yep. I think that's why everybody was saying this was the mm-hmm. match of the night. Mm-hmm. And he, was frustrating. he was frustrating Osprey. You can because see in Osprey's face, he, he was getting frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, because it's you don't see his style on TV much. You don't see people on American TV that wrestle like that. Like they wrestle slow. <laughs> Everything about them is slow. Like, like their kicks are slow. You don't see that on any other company on TV. So when you got somebody like Will Osprey is just who's on the go all the time in the ring, put that up again. That would be frustrating because you're not used to that. Like you used to going by pace. And when you can't pace yourself against him, you're like, what the hell is this? But that was match out of night for me. I agree. I like no, the part where Osprey put his really hand in OC's pocket and pulled it out and flipped off the crowd. Yeah. That was one of the matches of the night for me. That other four-way was the match of the night for me. Um, the one thing I heard about this match that people were a little pissed off about was all the false finishes. But I thought it worked. For this match, those false finishes work. Given the fact that it's somebody like Orange Cassidy, who's already like a day school as far as his style, you needed that extra drama. It made sense. Because it shows you, well, <laughs> you know, they stay on Twitter all the time. Oh so, so, oh, so they put me against him? Well, I guess I can do some stuff. It plays off of that. Mm-hmm. It plays off his character, so I get like the why they had so many false finishes. Then we see Osprey gets the win with the Stormbreaker. Listen, I like he, that move. Like if that he move. Ever, if he ever leaves New Japan, Tony, the AEW, I, I wouldn't want to see the that. WWE. They will ruin him. <laughs> yeah, he would be their ricochet. In British form in catering. Mm-hmm. Because he's not tall enough. So he's disqualified right because of that. But yeah. yeah. Osprey starts directing Aussie open and they start beating up Orange Cassidy. Trent and Rocky come down. We have chaos in the ring. And then we hear Shibata music oh. comes out. He takes out Aussie Open. He has a stare down with Osprey, and then he starts beating the hell out of Will Osprey. Now, see, when I said earlier on social media that day, I had posted on my Twitter page, Shibata's in Chicago for Forbidden Door tonight. What? No, he not. So, of course, me being a teaspoon, I, I, I just had to prove, you know, I had to pull a receipt. So I said, well, listen, let me show you his Instagram post. In Chicago, on the elevator with his bags. Then later on that night. Here he comes. We're getting Shibata versus Will Ospreay, and that's going to be wonderful. I know. I can't wait. That's so our going next to be match, yes. Our next match has uh, Zach Sabre Jr. versus mystery opponent that was handpicked 
<laughs> by Brian Danielson because it was supposed to be Brian Danielson, but he sustained an injury. And we hear this music play. And we get the Swiss Swinging Machine. Listen. Audio. That when he came out to the ring, <laughs> listen, that place came unglued. You could not have heard anything that was said after that from the ring announcer because that place was so loud. I felt it and I wasn't even in the room. That place was they was beside themselves. Oh, he got a little pop. That's what that's what the AEW marks were saying. You know, there was a little pop for Claudia. You don't get that big of a pop. And you ain't been on TV in months if people don't know who you are. Mm -mm. And he looked so happy to be in AEW. And then when he went and stood beside the cameraman, because you remember the rumors, everybody was like, the cameraman's Claudio. Mm -hmm. You remember the rumors on Twitter? Everybody Mm -hmm. was saying, Claudio's going to show up. He's the cameraman. They're hiding him. And I was just waiting for the cameraman to drop and just jump in the ring and kick ass. And, and it was so they, cool he did. He wouldn't stand with the cameraman. And the fact they played off of that and they brought that back, I said, "Baby, they listen. They be paying attention to social media and what people be saying." Yes, yes. Tony Khan does pay attention to social mm-hmm. media. We love Tony Khan. Welcome, Brendan. Hello. We're at the. Saber Junior Claudio match. Talking about Claudio coming out. Nice, nice. Got the lawnmower fixed. So nice. We kind of went off the rails on some things, and that's what's taking so long. <laughs> hey, all that means is it gave me time to fix the lawnmower. What'd you think about Claudio coming out standing next to the cameraman? Uh, Claudio's fucking awesome. We see Claudio goes in quick, gets a two count. I said it was an excellent match between the two. Uh, was a good idea for Zach to be focusing on Claudio's arm. Claudio gets the win. Listen, Claudio, he fits in perfect with the bullet. Well, with the like, um, with the like the BCC, because first of all, he is a technical wrestler and he's just as good as Brian, if not as good as Brian. And so he was his perfect kind of part to fight Zach Sabre Zulia. But I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm gonna love the fact when he possibly ends up splitting from them because I can see them planting that seed just because it's Tony Khan and he's messy like that. Or when they get those trios championships. Why not have them be the first year's champions? I'm just saying, if it ain't Kenny and the Bucks, I would rather it be the BCC, if not Jeff Triangle or the House of Black. Oh my God, the depth. They have so much depth, it's ridiculous. They do. That's the one good thing we talked about earlier. Your stars go down, and you've got other people that just pick up and come on in. Like, I just named four potential trios that could legitimately be the first trios champion and nobody would have a problem with it. Mm-mm. Yeah, I did hear, uh, I think Kenny Omega was on a Twitch stream and says if, if his rehab keeps going and if he has another setback, that he's not coming back to wrestling. It was more to it than what was put out. 
but he basically said, yeah, he can't have another major injury like he's had. Yeah, like that he did say, yeah. Oh. Which is why. He's which is why. Learn how to wrestle smart, and whoever's in the ring with him is going to have to learn how to adapt and wrestle to to his right. smart, smartness. Which, right. like Randy Orton's been in the business for twenty plus years, and I seen an interview Randy did, and he's like, "Yeah, when I was young, I did all this stupid stuff, and then the older I got, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have to start wrestling smart.'" Right. And like Randy, really, this is the first time Randy's really, really been hurt. Yeah, like he got hurt once when he was younger, and then he hadn't been hurt since until now. That shows you that like he was able to adapt when he needed to adapt, and it's basically smart for Kenny to do that because he is he does have an explosive style, and if he's going to be around like another five to 10, 15 years however long he wants to be around, he's going to have to wrestle smart. So I absolutely agree. He needs to take as much time and don't come back to 2023. You don't need to come back to 2022. Do it 2023, start fresh, go from there. I just want to see Kenny back. I've loved Kenny since, I don't know, 2016 when I found out about New Japan and other wrestling companies. Then I started to watch him, and I've liked him ever since. And so. We also need to give Kenny credit for the fact that he, like, when it comes to the women in AEW, he's a big proponent of them. He's very supportive of them, like, as well as Dustin. He loves women's wrestling, which I didn't know that until I started, you know, some like watching some of his interviews. But he really loves women's wrestling, and, and, and people get on him all the time. But I'm like, how can you be mad at somebody who just wants the women to win just as much as the guys do? Like, like I can't be mad at that. If I'm not mistaken, I think early on in AEW history, he was booking the women's matches until TK took over. He's still booking them. Heard and all. So. That's what made him have a setback because he was on the set when he should have been at home rehabbing. But he was booking someone. He was the one who booked the women's tournament. Yeah, like he booked the women's matches for the Owen. That was some good matches. Listen. Tony Storm versus Jamie first round. Hello. But WWE has better women wrestlers than AEW, according to Becky Lynch. <laughs> Becky, 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 I but you let, but you let Tony Storm walk out at twenty six. She she didn't just leave. She quit. And she ain't the only one. <laughs> no, she ain't. And and poor Mickey girl, they put your stuff in a trash bag and sent it to you, milk it to you. And then they <laughs> begged you to come back. She and did. You come back for WrestleMania, yeah. Impact yeah. Knockout Champion, and, and they still did you dirty. But I will, I will say this though: they do have talented women, but it's unfortunate they are in a company that don't allow women to wrestle the way they want to wrestle. That's their biggest hindrance. That's what I'm saying. Once Vince physically steps away from the company as a whole, and that's not going to happen until that man is in the ground. Listen, I... Triple H booked his women on NXT. I liked women's wrestling on NXT when Triple H was booking. The women's wrestling on that brand was better than the main roster women's division. 
Yeah. Well, you had, well, you had Oscar when she first came in and she was a killer machine, just like running through everybody. When you had Ember Moon, when you had Charlotte, Becky, all of them. And then you put your your put your money yet again in Becky, who I cannot stand, and Charlotte, which I mean she's okay, but it's the same two people. Give me somebody different. At least with AEW, they rotate, you know. Mm-hmm. Britt had the title, now Thunder Rosa has the title. I can see Tony Storm having the title. I can see Chris Statlander having the title. I can eventually see Jay Cargill holding that title. Jade is definitely going to get that women's world championship, and when she does, it probably be the first time she tries for it because by then she'll actually be a better in ring wrestler than she is now. That's the scary part. She ain't even near as good as she's gonna be. And even Jim Ross said it. Jim was like, "She's she's okay, but wait, she she really levels up. She's gonna be dangerous, and she is. And under Brian, Brian is gonna get her to where she needs to be by this time next year. And she's only like physically been wrestling for what two years." Yeah, going on two now. Yeah. Yeah. So and you know the crazy thing is, though, and you know the crazy thing is though, she was in WWE at the start of the pandemic. She had a trial for NXT at the height of the pan. Well, at the start of the pandemic in 2019, they passed on her because they didn't want to give her control of her own narrative. Mark Cuban broke that news yesterday. I'm like, how do you, how do you take something that looks like her, and don't give her everything she wants? I don't know. So we're going to move on, and then we get the IWGP Championship match between Adam Cole, Switchblade Jay White, Okada, and Hangman Page. Oh, that was wonderful. It was a great match. I put the ring is full of talent, minus Hangman, because I am not a Hangman fan. Me either. Uh, We see Cole and White tag up against Okada and Page. Hangman and Okada end up taking out Jay White. Then we see they kind of break up, and you have the AEW guys, Cole and Hangman, fighting each other, and then you have Jay White and Okada fighting each other. Here's the problem I had. Well, the only little hiccup is that they didn't cut the lights off, so Okada couldn't really make his entrance with his colorful light-up gear with the raindrop. Oh, my God, I wanted to see that entrance on pay-per-view. And if they would have done that, somebody would have been on Twitter bitching about it. Listen, that crowd would have came unglued, though. But you the know, crowd would have come unglued, and the AEW fanatics would have come unglued. But all the other know? people would be they, like, they even, "Why did they turn the lights off? Why did they do this?" But you know what, though, he got a big pop without it, and that's crazy because this is the first time that he's been on AEW television. Well, it, well, pay per view in America that is, and he got a he, his pop was just as loud as Claudio's, so. And he did tease the big door won't be close forever because I'm coming back. But the next time they come back, I want it to be against Brian Dance. Listen, give me Okada versus Brian at Grand Slam Part 2, September 21st in New York. Yes. Yes, I could see that. Because Kenny and Brian was wonderful, but give them a whole hour. Listen, give me th- 30 minutes of Okada and Brian in September. I- I'll be fine. I'll be fine with that, too. We see uh, Cole and, and uh, White suplex hangman on the ramp. Then they go after Okada. 
And we see Hangman sends Jay White into the stairs. I said the match was great. They did note that uh, the IWGP Championship has never, ever been defended in a four-way before. Is this the first time? I did catch that, (laughs) which was crazy because New Japan is known for their multiple tag team matches. They multiple six men. They, you know, four-way tag. So for that to be their first four-way singles championship, that's crazy to me. Yep. Jay White retains by pinning Adam Cole. And there was speculation that Adam Cole suffered some type of injury. Rumor is it was a concussion because it was kind of a weird way to end the match. He's actually, it was a scare more so than an actual injury. But yeah, there was a concern, but he's actually doing okay now though. But I, but I didn't like the ending either. Like I didn't like it. Yeah, you can tell they changed the ending on the fly. They did. Of what happened to Cole. Thankfully, it's not that serious, as you said. Mm -hmm. And it was just a scare. As an Adam Cole fan, that makes me happy. So, I I need to say. But I say this to say, though, they put on a great match. And it shows you the depth that roster has because, again, no Punk, no MJF, no Kenny Omega, no Brian Danielson, and they still put on a high-quality pay-per-view. So, baby, they should be very proud of themselves for that. I agree. I agree. I was going to say something. It just slipped my brain. We see Arali and the Young Bucks coming, gen- coming down to check on Adam Cole. And did you see how Kyle O'Reilly pushed them away, though? Huh? Like, he didn't want them to check on them? Like, he didn't want them to check on um Adam Cole? It's like he pushed the bucks out of the way? They're going to cause some drama with that. They're going to plant a seat with that. They're going to test where his loyalty is at. I think here soon, Hangman, because you saw one of the bucks try and go over and talk to Hangman. Mm-hmm. And, and Kyle O'Reilly stopped him. Mm-hmm. So I think we will see Hangman back in the Elite and we'll get mm-hmm. Hangman and the Bucks against Adam Cole and Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Oh, I, remember what I, yep. I remember what I was going to say. I need everybody, whatever your religion is, to pray to whatever it is you pray because I need this injury bug to get out of wrestling. And I'm talking all promotions. <laughs> Listen, and then we had Sant- well, then we had Santana get hurt last night. <laughs> come on now, no, like, come on. I go to church Sunday. I'm going to the altar and pray. I need this injury bug to stop. So right. then we go to our main event. We get John Moxley and Tanahashi. We see William Regal and Moxley walking in the hallway towards the crowd. Thought that was awesome. Crowd is kind of split between the two, which was kind of strange. I figured the crowd would be all in for Moxley. And for them being but but see, but you let the trolls tell it. Like they don't know who New Japan tennis are, but they know who the hell Tanahashi was because baby they were split. I said it was a good match. It was. Tanahashi was looking really good against Moxley. 
Yeah. Moxley got, was looking like he was getting pissed off. They started exchanging blows. And we see Tanahashi going after Moxley's knee. And then Moxley out of nowhere puts a cutter on him. And I was like, damn. And he puts Mo- and Moxley puts Tanahashi through a table. Listen, I'm here for Tanahashi showing up at AEW whenever he wants to at this point because for him, that to be his first time on American soil on a pay-per-view that big, he, he listen, he came to fight. And that's exactly what he got. Like he gave Moxley all he had. Yep. The ref got to a non-count and Tanahashi got back in the ring because as commentary explained, American wrestling has a 10 count. New Japan has a 20 count. Mm, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know that. New so Japan that's... has a 20 count. So so they they pointed out that it was good good awareness from Tanahashi to know that, that he only had a 10 count and he had mm. him get back in the ring. It's the little things like that that you don't pay attention to that make so much difference in a match like that. So, yeah, I didn't know that. Then we hear Moxley tell Tanahashi that he's the ace. And Moxley gets cut open. There was some controversy with this. Was it necessary is my first question. Second, how? Yeah, I I didn't notice how he got cut open, but I just saw the blood pouring. Basically, he rolled out of the ring and probably sliced himself outside the ring because we didn't okay. see it on, on TV. Yeah. But like, we got to get the, the kicks to the head caused him to be busted open. So, unless he already had a cut on his head, he. I think he already had a cut. Probably wouldn't have been busted open from kicks in the head. No. Because like, Tanahashi like pointed out, I want to say, I think Bully Ray pointed out, Tanahashi wears soft sole boots. Those boots wouldn't cut you in the head compared to like the boots Moxley wears. Now you get hit with the boots Moxley wears that has you trigger, you're going to be cut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't think it was necessary. So that was some of the marks I agree with them on that. I didn't think it was necessary. But it added more drama to the match, though, which I'm always hitting some drama every now and then. But, yeah, like, it was a good match. It was a good match. Tanahashi gets a two count. Then we see Moxley with a choke hold on Tanahashi. And Tanahashi looks like he's starting to fade. And all of a sudden, you hear the crowd chant, go ace. Tanahashi has turned the American crowd into a fan. And this is why we, we this is why we definitely are getting the next time they do forbid no parts. It will be in Japan. And listen, I feel bad for those American talents because baby, that that will be home advantage to Japan. And I agree, especially with the people that haven't wrestled in Japan, like the Japan the Japanese fans. They'll like John Moxley. He's wrestled over there before. Who else? Tony Storm mm-hmm. used to wrestle in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like her. Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa. Nyla hey. Rose. <laughs> I didn't know Nyla Rose wrestled in New J- in Japan. Not New Japan. Yeah. Probably started. That's actually what she, she she actually got found in Japan. Like Kenny found her in Japan, and that's why she got found in Japan. 
Yeah, I think I yeah. heard her say that mm-hmm. she was found in Japan. The only thing, yeah. the only problem with having the pay-per-view in Japan, if you do it live as an American, is your tail getting up watching a pay-per-view at three or four o'clock in the morning? I watched Dominion, so hell yes. That's a good question because as I said, they that's the conversation that they're gonna have to have because they wouldn't tape it and then show it later at like eight o'clock American time, Eastern time, so forth. Yeah, they would have to work out the logistics of that before they get yeah, because I didn't even consider their time difference is so much different than ours. Oh yeah, like right now it's like almost eleven AM in Tokyo. And it's nine fifty three over here, so yeah. So it's already the next day. They're thirteen hours ahead of us. Wow. Yeah, that would be ridiculous for them to go. My uncle worked for Honda and Honda sent him to Tokyo for like some training and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he'd call my grandmother and it'd be like three or four in the morning, but it'd be like normal time over there for him. And she'd be like, it's three o'clock in the morning. Why are you calling? Yeah, see, but I'm 13 hours ahead of you. So I yeah. I could do about that. Yeah. I think Listen, that's going to be the one logistical it, issue there that's going to pose a problem. But, but I'm not opposed can... to rotating it. Japan, America. Okay, most likely because the New Japan president did say this week, I want to get into Japan. I want part two in Japan. Then the next one they do part three. Maybe do it somewhere in Europe. Split the difference. Take it to California. They Canada. deserve a pay-per-view. Canada? I, 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 AEW has been to Canada and TK's talking about and going to Canada. Tony did say that they want to go to Canada. Do it in Canada. As a matter of fact, Doing the Anaheim. I can see that. But what what's your thoughts on Tanahashi getting an American crowd who supposedly don't know who he is chanting go ace? Well, let's also talk about the fact that the commentary over here for AEW kept calling him the Japan version of Bret Hart, and that's as big as a compliment as you can get. <laughs> that's that all. Right. That says a lot. So, if for people not to know who he is, maybe he he almost got Moxley booed. I know. Like he was able to get the and crowd to turn on John Moxley. This was his first time on a pay per view with as many fans as this outside of Japan. That's a big deal. Your thoughts, Brendan? I wanted him to come back. I wanted him to win just for the drama's sake because he did say in the road, so I'm going to be the first Japanese um, AEW champion and then I'm going to take it back to Japan. I wanted him to win based off of that alone just to be able to say I was the first, but now I really do want him versus CM Punk when Punk's get better. That's what I was going to ask. Um, I would definitely get Tanahashi versus CM Punk when Punk is better. I feel like Tanahashi would have won if the G1 Climax wasn't this month. Mm. Because everybody from New Japan's over there. Yeah, literally for the G1. Literally. So, I could could have saw him win it if that wasn't the case, but knew Moxley was going to win it. 
And for <laughs> Tanahashi turning the crowd, chanting, let's go, Ace. It's amazing. Dude, what, his first time in America wrestling on a pay-per-view? On one this level, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he has a crowd mm-hmm. who I would say about, I don't know, 20-40% probably watch New Japan. Yeah, that's true. It's true. It's true. And he's able to turn the crowd like that. Bring them back. Like, it doesn't have to be an every month thing. You could bring them back for, bring them back in August. The G1 Climax will be over by then. Have no, don't even do it then. Don't do it then. Do it in Grand Slam. September 21st, New York, Queens, New York. Yep. Do it in Grand Slam. Have them show up at the end of All Out and then work a story there. Because you got All Out is September the 4th. Grand Slam is the 21st. That's what, like two half weeks out? Do it then. Yeah. Yeah, do it in Grand Slam. That way, Brian is back. He'll be fully healthy. Give us, (laughs) if it ain't Punk, give us Brian Danson versus Tanahashi. We ain't never got that match. That'll be a dream match for that big crowd. Yeah, that's true, too. And it'd be a sold-out arena, because they're going to sell out Grand Slam again. They're definitely going to sell it out again. Uh, Yeah. What did you think about Tanahashi's gear, his ring gear, when he was coming to the ring? Listen, I'm jealous because I'm, listen, I I, I need our, listen, like, I need our U.S. wrestlers to step their gear game up, because Japan be putting them to rest, because, baby, them new Japan wrestlers was dressed down in their interests. Oh my God, that Will Ospreay gear. I was just like, he acts like he's like the king of England. <laughs> For real. But I mean, they said is. that Tanahashi, the reason Come he on, has that cutout, like he has that cutout around his stomach, isn't for you to see his abs, is because that's where you're going to see his titles. Listen, I, listen, I'm not mad at Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay is the perfect heel to how she should be. Yeah, I love me some Will Ospreay. Like he's dope. I got. And I, would love, I would love to see him versus Dante Martin as well. Oh, that would be good. Mm. I got to see Osprey versus Blake Christian live. That match was fucking amazing. Like that's probably the best match I've ever seen live. I hope he gets healthy enough. Because I would love to see Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega on a pay per view for AEW. Especially with how much bad blood is between the two. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to see him take a couple of V triggers a couple of times. I'm just saying. <laughs> there you go. So Moxley gets the win. He's your new interim AEW champion. And then we see Garcia and Jericho from the JAS come out, and they begin attacking Moxley and Tanahashi. Then Kingston comes down, Yuta, Ortiz, Santana, the rest of the Jericho Appreciation Society comes out. Then Claudio comes out, and he gets his music. Was this necessary at the end? Did you feel it took away from the Moxley-Tanahashi match? Mm, not at all because it was setting them up blood and guts for the next week. That's what I argued with people on, on the, the dumb verse, I mean Twitterverse, mm-hmm. about 
they they were like, well, there was unnecessary. No, Tony Khan's a promoter. He has to promote his next show, mm-hmm. which is Blood and Guts. So this way, you get New Japan people be like, I might want to watch Dynamite. Let me figure out how I can get a hold to watch Dynamite. And we and got New Japan notice, people on Rampage this week. Yeah. And if you notice, AEW now has a AEW Japanese Twitter handle. And it's all in mm-hmm. Japanese. Listen, when you want to tap into that space, you need it. Where's WWE's Japanese Twitter they handle? Were- they were going they, to get it. <laughs> they never did. Listen, they were set up to have NXT Japan. But when that deal fell through and the NXT like Japan brand got shut down, legitimately shut down, that was the end of that. But even then, though, because they could have had one when they had access to Kari Sane still. Now, that's who we need to be talking about because Tony Khan made a comment that I don't think a lot of the women's wrestling fans were paying attention to. There was supposed to be stardom talents on that pay-per-view, if not for them having a pay-per-view like their own that night. And had they had the visas, we would have gotten a different match than what we got at Forbidden Door. We possibly would have had some stardom talents on that pay-per-view as well. And that's a big deal because like they're the biggest female wrestling brand out right now as far as you know some like um Japanese wrestling is concerned. And if I'm not mistaken on this, I thought I saw this or I heard it somewhere, but Thunder Rosa and Tony Storm were the first ever women to have a match on a new Japan named pay-per-view. Correct. And so and now New Japan's doing something with stardom later this year. So, AEW has something with New Japan. Maybe we'll just get three of the best wrestling promotions right now all combined together. This. We're one step closer to having Kari on the AEW pay-per-view hosted by New Japan. I think when they do Forbidden Door Part 2, if they're able to, they're going to get Kari on that pay-per-view. Oh, without a doubt. Especially if Kenny's involved. Yeah, if Omega's involved, you're gonna get some get some matches. Yeah. You're gonna get some high profile women matches women. Mm-hmm. with Kenny involved, with stardom involved, with whoever's involved. Mm-hmm. Cause stardom's amazing. Yeah, like, and I hope AEW does get a stardom working relationship going because that would be the perfect way to build up their division because, let's be honest, Kenny wanted it to build up the women's division, you know, it's like around the Joshi women anyway, pre-pandemic. Like, had it not been for the pandemic, this division would have been loaded with Joshi wrestlers. So if he can get it his way and startup can get involved, that will help elevate the other girls that are green as well because the Japan women are some of the best wrestlers that I've ever seen. Like, they've trained seven days a week. <laughs> Listen, I would rather watch them than to watch some of the women's wrestling that we've had over here like the last few years outside of AEW. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, some... Like, Impact. They have a decent women's division. I'll admit, mm-hmm. they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I personally, I think it's better than AEW's currently, but not by a whole lot. I, I wouldn't even say that. They book more segments than AEW, but as far as the talent, I definitely think the talent in AEW is better. Oh, but the they, definitely with AEW. Yeah, but they book their women in more storylines than AEW. I would give them that, yeah. Yeah, they book their women better. Mm-hmm. And I know, what's her name? Uh, Maria, uh, what's her last name? Canales. Yeah, I know her and Tony Khan are talking on a deal about her working with the Ring of Honor women's division. Yeah, we talked about that. Does she have experience with actually booking a women's division and, and, and it's being successful, though, is the question. Because, you know, anybody can book a tournament, but can you book a full division and it be successful? That's what he needs to be looking at. I know she, I think she started a promotion recently. If I'm not wrong, she's the one who brought back women for wrestling. Women of Yeah, she got a, yeah. Yeah, like, she actually has her own promotion right now, yeah. And I don't know how that's been going so far. I think I they've it. only dropped, like, one show on YouTube. Yeah, yeah they've only had one show. heard anything yeah. about it, but... I know they hired Allison Danger to be their coach for the women. That's good. hmm But, yeah. Women's wrestling is amazing. And it's a lot better than what it was a few years ago. I give yes. you credit for that. It's a lot better than what it was a few years ago. Oh, listen, like I love New Japan Strong. We're going to have Will Ospreay versus Homicide. Saturday? Oh. New Japan Strong. On YouTube. I think they stream on YouTube or they used to. On Fight TV. Oh. Fight TV. I actually like New Japan Strong. They actually have some quality matches over there when they book them correctly. Nice. I'm going to have to check that out. Mm-hmm. But So let me, which, let me ask our guest his mm-hmm. uh, thoughts on uh, the MJF situation. Listen, I've said it before. If he wants a raise, sign another contract deal. Because let me tell you why. Miro just signed a new deal back in April. And he's with, that puts him with AEW until 2026. And he got a raise by doing it the correct way as a grown man. I have no sympathy for a 26-year-old man child in MJF. Act like he knows everything. Act like he can take shortcuts. And that this be that. If you want a new contract raise, Sign a new deal. That's as simple as that. Tony Khan is playing this correctly. He's not giving in, and nor should he. And what did he do? He had one immediate take MJF out of all their promos. This is not a work for the people that keep saying, "Oh, it's a work." Why would your boss have you taken out all your promos for the by the new bosses in charge? If this is not a work, or if this was a work, MJF just needs to man up and stop being a child because he's acting like a child. Because they asked Wardlow the other day, Wardlow, how do you feel about, I don't know where MJF at, like, and I don't care. That was Wardlow's response the other day at a fans um, signing. I mean, he pretty much dropped off the face of the earth. Like, 
he hasn't tweeted nothing, anything. I mean, listen, if he wants to sit at home for 18 months until his dinner runs out, that don't, I mean, that's on him. But if I'm looking at Forbidden Door Sunday, why would I want to leave? And I but he think New Japan, he said. That shouldn't matter. He needs to look at Forbidden Door and he needs to look at Money in the Bank this weekend. It will be night and day. Mm-hmm. It won't be nearly as good if that as Forbidden Door was. Like, well, I think they've only got what? Six matches, if that many, for Money in the Bank? Outside of the two ladder matches, I don't know what the hell is going on. Roman's not on it. And they're not going to be quality matches either. Like is They're going to be matches that's, that's already been on TV like the six weeks prior. Like they're going to be rematch galore. And like, yes, and so, in yeah. AEW, we do get rematches here and we there. We get rematches, but we get rematches when they make sense. Yes. Like, we got what? We matches and then we get out. We like had, how many times have we seen Asuka and Becky Lynch fight on Raw? Like five times in the past two months. And then you're going to put them against each other on a pay-per-view. Like, I've done seen this shit. Why am I watching it again? Yeah, but the thing with MJF is that, yeah, he needs to stop acting like a child. And he needs to stop taking bad advice because he's getting bad advice from somebody. I don't know who's taking advice from, but they're not advising him well. You do not try to strong on your boss the day before a major pay-per-view and then expect to be on TV after that. Like, that just don't work like that. Because that's if people keep saying, well, you know, Tony Khan ain't trying to pay him, then why did he just sign Miro till 2026 and gave him a raise if he's not paying his talent? Come on now. Miro just said the other day, I love AEW so much, I signed a new deal because I told Tony, if I'm going to sign a new deal, you're going to have to increase my pay. And he did that. MJF could be doing the same thing, but he just don't want to. That's the difference. Like, he's wanting out, but he's not trying to put in the work to get a better deal. And Chris Jericho said it best. You're going to get watered down if you go to WWE. You're not going to get to be who you are now in AEW and WWE because Vince ain't going to go for that. Because first of all, their sponsors ain't going to go for that. Because they don't even allow them to cuss on TV like that. And you trying to cut promos like you cut against Tony on Vince, you would have been off TV at home with Naomi and Sasha not getting paid in merch sales. So people mm-hmm. keep saying, well, oh, he could have got away with this in WWE. Have we forgotten how cutthroat Vince is still? Vince is very cutthroat, still at 76 years old. Has mm-hmm. like, have we forgotten this? If this was if this was the day before Money in the Bank, MJF said, I ain't coming to a you know, like a fan signing, he would have been sent home that night and booked off TV for the next six months to the year. He wouldn't be on TV at all. He would be in Naomi's situation, not on TV, not getting paid. Because mm-hmm. I remember hearing an interview from uh, Bubba Ray Dudley, and he when he they signed, when the Dudley signed with WWE, he's like, we're heels, we don't do fan stuff. You know, he wanted to be a true heel. And Vince is like, no, nah, that don't fly. <laughs> you hmm. have to deal with the fans. Hmm. And that's what I'm saying. So for yeah, like so for the people that are saying, well, you know, he could get away with this with Vince ain't the one. You got away with it with Tony because Tony is overly nice, sometimes too nice for his own detriment at this point. But Vince ain't the one. You would have got sent home that night. Your flight would have got canceled that night, and you would have been told, don't show up for the pay-per-view tonight. You suspended indefinitely and off TV. I agree. 
Like, I'm surprised Vince let Punk go out in 2011 and say what he said. Oh, I don't think Vince knew. I, Vince knew. I don't think he Vince didn't know, didn't know Punk was going to do that. No. No, that's oh, why they cut his microphone. He was going to cut the promo they gave him, and he's like, fuck this. I'm going to say what I got to say. Yeah, he hijacked that shit. That's why towards the end of that, they cut his mic off. Literally, like, you couldn't hear nothing he was saying because they cut the sound off. I and anything around what him that could pick it up, they shut it down. Same thing they did to MJF because Tony cut off MJF's mic, too. But Vince wouldn't have let MJF go as far. Tony no. cut his mic off when he called him a and mark. Right, right, right. The right. shit MJF was saying before that, Vince would have already had that mic cut off. Because, baby, listen, CM Punk said wrestling ain't going to get better till this man literally dies and is in the ground. He said that during that pipe bomb and still <laughs> got to say it. But when he started saying what he said after that, that's when they cut the mic off. But when he said wrestling ain't going to get better until this is literally dead and in the ground. MJF didn't go nearly as far as Punk did. Not, they not even have... Punk got very disrespectful. He got disrespectful, disrespectful. MJF mm-hmm. didn't do half of that. He did. MJF was lightweight compared to that. <laughs> but I, I'm like you with the MJF situation. I'm you have a contract. You right. have a contract mm-hmm. and you basically want your cake and eat it too. So you want more money now, but you don't want to sign a new deal. Like, how okay, do you first of all do you not realize this man runs an NFL team and a soccer team? That's not how athletes get paid. You want more money, you perform based on your performance. I will give you a raise and you you sign a new deal. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you might not want to stay for five or six years. Okay, be like, I'll stay for three years, I'll sign another three year deal for X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. But I do agree. He's getting bad advice. And the bad part is people are not really missing him on TV. They're not. Now there's Christians out there. Listen. Listen. You got Christian over here. Poor, 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 poor jungle boy. I hope you and your whole family should have died. Except for your mama. Call me. <laughs> I ain't heard nobody mention MJF since M- I ain't heard nobody mention MJF since that promo he cut. I'm talking about his promo, like the alleged pipe bomb videos. And I ain't heard nobody yeah. mention him since they've been talking about Christian. Now that Christian is in his place, ain't nobody talking about no MJF. But when when Christian come out, when he did what he did to Jungle Boy, then he come out the next week and dropped his first promo. And he says, well, you, you want my paycheck, you need to have matches that they talk about, not just the week after they happen. You need to have matches that they talk about and have pay-per-views named after your matches. And I told Bridget, I was like, was he taking a jab at at MJF? And Bridget's like, yep. Baby, that was the dagger, that was the sword, that was the knife, that was the machete, baby. He sent the whole train of knives after MJF in that promo. And he's correct. If exactly. you want to, if you want the dollars, your work rate meet the match. And right now, his he could he rust he talks more than he rustles. 
So why am I giving you a raise off of that? We're not doing that. And it's the same thing with the Hardys. The Hardys could walk in and be like, hey, we have pay-per-views named after our matches, so we're worth X amount of dollars. Yeah, Tony, go look at you and say, what are you doing for me? Like in 2022, that wants me to pay you that much, sir, please. Yeah, Maxwell, he needs to grow up. Yeah, like, I don't feel sorry for MJF. I don't, like, at first I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe Tony need to bend a little bit. Maybe Tony need to, you know, and then Miro came out and said, well, I signed another four-year deal, and I'm with AEW till 2026, and I got a raise, and I got paid higher than what my first deal was. I'm like, then what the hell MJF complaining about then? And Tony and, Khan has offered MJF a new contract with more money. He said, I will pay him as a top talent. I'm willing to do that, but MJF is not willing to sign. That's the thing. Yep. He doesn't want to sign now because he and, thinks his value was going to go up. But how is yeah. your value going to go up when you did your promo and now nobody's talking about you? Really? Now, let's, now let's talk about the one who should have been mad. The one who should have been mad was Wardlow because... The whole time he was on TV, baby, he was wrestling in AEW for three years without a t- contract deal. He didn't get his contract until double or nothing. Mm-hmm. Literally, I didn't know that until yeah. We, somebody was like, "Well, he was wrestling for all this time as a free agent." Mm-hmm. So that means Tony was giving this man all this television time. Talk about most of them talent. They started the storyline in 2019. Three years later, he's just not getting his contract deal at their last pay-per-view baby that's dedication if mm-hmm. anybody should have been talking about i'm pissed because i'm not getting paid what i need to get paid that was warlord not mjf because <laughs> yeah. you had because you because you had your contract for five years warlord didn't have a contract at all he could have been in wwe by now if we if we being honest because i don't know too many people that's gonna be wrestling for free without a contract deal when it could be somewhere else. So if anybody should have been complaining to Tony Khan, it was MJF. Uh, no, it was Warlow, excuse me, not MJF. Yep. So I don't feel sorry for MJF at this point. Like, I'm, like you know, it's like the same thing was with Cody. If he leaves, ain't nobody going to miss him. Because, yeah, they missed Cody for a little bit. But once they got to the double or nothing and forbidden door, they haven't missed Cody Rose being gone since. And they'll do the same for MJF. And they should be missing Cody more because he was an EVP. MJF ain't no EVP. He wasn't on backstage booker. I don't feel sorry for MJF. He's digging his own hole by being a child. I do miss Cody on AEW, but I'm fine. He's happy. I Mm -hmm. I understand why he wanted to go to the WWE. And let's be honest, he was all like he was always a WWE talent anyway because his father has rich history over there. He was always going to go back to WWE at some point mm-hmm. because his father's legacy was in WWE. Mm-hmm. I, I still like Cody. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Going, I'm not going out of my way. They hate Cody Rhodes. Cody nah. Rhodes is the only reason why I tune in the Raw. Listen, I don't hate Cody Rhodes. I just thought that, like, listen, he was born before WWE. He was born in AEW to me because I just never got into his character because that old school style of wrestling that he does, I'm not into that. 
But I don't hate the man. I just thought he was boring. And I don't think the crowd should have turned on him like they did. I think that was kind of BS. <laughs> but that's just me being a Cody fan. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I get to say I saw his last title reign in AEW for now. I definitely think he's going back to AEW at some point. I will say that. I don't oh, think yeah. he's done it AEW. I, 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 like, I don't think he's done it AEW altogether. He'll be back. And be me back. and one of my friends, we were talking the other day, and we were like, he brought up the question, if Triple H ever got control, full control over the WWE, do you think he would go out to uh, different promotions and be like, hey, let's team up? He would. He would. I was like, yeah. yeah. I think mm-hmm. Triple H shit would do that. But it's Vince that doesn't want that. And therefore, that's why Triple H would never be in control as long as Vince is alive. Uh-huh. Like, if you give Triple H control of creative over everything. It would be so much better than what it is now. Exactly. Like, it was NXT was the best promotion in a long time. Black and gold NXT from like 2015 to up until recent middle after Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly left. That's when it went downhill. It was the best promotion until AEW came along. And then once AEW came along and exposed a lot of what they had going on. And then Vince being petty and taking Triple H out of power, they was never able to recover from that. What messed them up was was them going them going against AEW for the Winston that was is what messed them up. Oh yeah, them being put on USA at eight o'clock, knowing there's a show. Then it's that's just, what who's putting on content just was just as strong as yours every week, just as strong as yours. They didn't do them no favors. Mm-mm. And then we get the rebrand. I mean, NXT is still somewhat watchable. I don't think it's as bad as what people say it is. But it's not as good as it once was. It's 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 like not, but it's better than Raw and SmackDown. It's like Nickelodeon finally had his way with the crayons and he's able to paint whatever he wants, but it's still ain't turning out the way it needs to because they have no direction. Like the best thing NXT has going right now is Carmelo Hayes. Who can actually wrestle, by the way. And he had to stop a chicho, and I like Carmelo. So, yeah. And I just hope they don't fumble the bag with them. They fumbled the bag with so many NXT stars. They won't fumble the bag unless he go to the main roster. He go to the main roster, he's done. Mm-hmm. Like, Same thing with Eo. LeBron Breaker. Same thing with Eo. Like the moment Eo goes to um main roster, she's done. Like, Shotzi, she was amazing on NXT, gets caught up. Same thing with Tegan Knox. They don't know the main roster guys, don't know what to do when it comes to wrestling. There's a reason these guys are Hollywood writers. They're not wrestling writers. They worked in Hollywood. Yeah, they, they used to probably be. watched wrestling, but 
They don't know they how to, to write it. And they used to book a scripts for um Julia Roberts, Charlie Starin, um, George Clooney. They used to book a scripts for them. Yeah, and they thought it could work in wrestling. It and doesn't. Then it didn't. And then you have it. Just come across the wire not too long ago. Jeff Hardy pleads not guilty to his June 2022 DUI charge. <sighs> Jeff. I like you, bud. You were a big part of my childhood growing up. But that video I watch of you, you looked guilty to me. I mean, the fact that you had three guns pulled on you in bright daylight. <laughs> Sir, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, come on, Jeff. Listen. It's probably his lawyer telling him to do that. To get a plea deal. But for what? Like, what lesser sentence can you get? How many plea deals does the man need? He's he's done had, like, several from what I hear. What? This is what Tony Tony Khan said. This is your last chance at AEW. If you don't get it together now, you're done. Because what? He did the same shit in TNA. Like, he ruined a storyline with Sting because of his... (laughs) At this point, he needs to be stepping away from wrestling altogether to yeah. get himself clean. He needs to get himself clean altogether. Like he shouldn't even be thinking about wrestling. He needs to be thinking about getting his long term help because he got little kids to think about at the end of the day. And the people who blamed Matt Hardy, Matt Hardy's wife, Tony Khan. Well, Matt Hardy, his wife didn't make no better poking fun at the situation on TikTok. That was very childish and immature of her. Yeah. But, like, they were at some fan event, all three of them, and Matt Hardy was telling the people to not give Jeff drinks. Mm. So. Yeah, it's it's the situation that needs, it's not going to get better until he actually wants to get help. And if you don't get help now, then Tony just needs to cut up the contract and say, listen, you're done. Go get help, but, but you're not working in my company under that, you know. And if Matt wants to get mad, then Matt can go with him. That's how I'm feeling about it. Now, mm-hmm. I will say this about Matt if you go watch BTE this week, Matt is on BTE and he addresses this. Mm-hmm. So I, I would, I would say go watch that to see Matt's point of view. I don't think Matt will leave, I think Matt likes it in AEW. I think he's more upset with his brother than anything, or with himself, that he let his brother do it again, and he feels like he's the reason. So, yeah. Just thought I'd give you a bit of the news. Absolutely. Anything else we got? I think we pretty much anything else I want to talk about? Like we covered a whole lot. Like I think we pretty much like covered everything. Like we covered a whole lot in like a like a small amount of time. Yeah. Oh, oh, I got one more rant. Hold on. I got one more rant. And it is all the damn idiots on Twitter ranting and talking about. TK hugging his wrestlers, especially 
the picture that was circulating around Twitter with him and Claudio. I don't have a problem with that. Like, he's very affectionate towards his talent. Like, he cares about his talent. Like, I don't see nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Vince hugs his wrestlers. Well, we know the kind of hugging Vince does, and baby, that's why he ain't <laughs> had that $3 million scandal. There's a reason Vince had to cut people to increase somebody's pay. Mm. <laughs> and make people sign NDAs. Listen, we know the type of hugging that he's been doing for a whole decade sometime. Yeah, Vince is a good man. But I I don't see a problem with TK hugging his wrestlers. Like, he's excited that they're there. It shows that he cares about them. In mm-hmm. like said, somebody said that he's just a really good hype man, and I'm like, how much will it cost me to have Tony Khan be my hype man to make to to get me through graduate school? Listen, like you can make <laughs> me feel like a hype man to help me get through graduate school. Listen. Listen, like I don't have a problem with Tony Khan. Tony Khan is giving people employment during the pandemic still. I'm not mad. Not cutting you just to be cutting you like he let people's contract run out like Alan Angels. His I'm contract ran out and he wants to go wrestling indies. I'm not mad at him. And but everybody was upset about it. And I'm pretty sure TK is willing to bring these guys back at some point. Bring back the ring of honor. Yeah. I think from what I heard with the Angel situation was he said he'd pay him on a per basis Mm -hmm. as needed per basis. And he was just like, I'll go wrestle the Indies. That's what I want to do. And okay, well, if you want to come back, he'll probably come back eventually. Yeah. Like, if you get cut by the WWE, Unless on a few occasions, you're not coming back. Like, I saw a video the other day. Brian Danielson was in the original Nexus. I never knew this. And Vince told Nexus to go out there. was their first day they debuted. Go out there and wreck everything. And... Brian Danielson took it a bit too far. Vince said, you're fired. And guess what? They brought him back, and he ended up being a world champion. So, that's the only one I know. I don't know if anybody else has been fired and brought back in. Cody, he's not world champion yet, but they released him. They brought him back a couple years later. So, I don't know. Just, if you get cut by the WWE, your best shot is to go wrestle at somewhere on the Indies, AEW, Japan, TNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another thing. These guys aren't ex-WWE guys who are coming in to AEW. They wrestled on the Indies before they were in WWE. That's how a lot of people know who these guys are. And yeah, that's where I stand on that. 
Well, thank you for your two cents, Brendan. Since you were missed for half of the program. <laughs> hey, we got the lawnmower fixed and then we just ended up cutting the grass. Because it needed to be cut. Well, don't break the lawnmower next time, Brendan. I, if the lawnmower broke, I wasn't here when it broke. <laughs> Are we sure about this? 95%. Okay. If you say so. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't have nothing else to add. I don't either. Well, I guess left. Uh, huh. Must have had a bad connection or something. Not really sure. Um, breaking news the Blackpool Combat Club is not putting together a trade package for Kevin Durant. What? Um, Come on. Tony Khan said he hasn't pled with the right people. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. So. Yep. But I don't have nothing else to add. Um, I was gone for half the thing. I got back for the main event. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Wanna thank our guest for joining us talking forbidden door. Personally my favorite tea spiller. Yes, if you love some tea. You 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 need to to follow him. Yep. It is Milano underscore M I L A N O underscore Mob M O B B B B. We want to thank B Mac for joining us. And I appreciate you joining us and taking my spot for the time being. Yeah, this was supposed to be all you, not me. Yes, but I had something else to take over with. So, so we will be back sometime with Dynamite and Rampage reviews. I still got to watch some Kenobi and some Miss Marvel so we can get those out because Grad school's kicking my ass. Well, we got our wrestling stuff out. That's more important. Yes, we got our special Forbidden Door out. And we will see y'all soon. Don't forget to give us a five-star review on your platform choice if you like what we do. Be sure to follow us on YouTube and Twitter at The Mid Podcast. Check out our merch at themidpodcast.com. And we're going to get our Patreon getting back up soon once we settle down from schools. And you can find us at patreon.com slash themidpodcast. Sign up, pick you a tier. And I believe, Brendan, we are going to be midded on out of here. Yes. Once again. Come in your forbidden door. Once again, thank you, BMAC, for joining us. Really appreciate it. And you have an open door. We have a forbidden door policy here. 
yes we do if you want to be on the podcast hit us up and we'll be glad to have you we are the forbidden door yes goodbye internet